0: Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, October 20th, 2023. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamaneni.
1: And I'm Tell me on the Sunday podcast, Grace Aki.
0: Y'all have been hearing me tease it for a couple days, coming up at the podcast feed tomorrow, only in Patreon at the Mezzanine Tier and above my interview. It actually, it was more of a conversation than an interview with Tony-nominated choreographer John Carafa will be available finally. We talk all things Only Murders in the Building. We talk about an incredible new show that he is working on for the this stage. It's a really, really fun just chat that I, I think is unique to what you normally get in theater podcasts and even here on Broadway Radio. So if you want to check that out, head over to patreon.com slash Broadway Radio, BroadwayRadio.com slash Patreon. All right, Grace, let's start with some news that while there's news here, I think the more interesting conversation is what comes next because it was announced on Thursday that Josh Groban and Annalie Ashford will play their final performances in Sweeney Todd on January 14th. Now here's the thing. There has been a lot of conversation around this show and whether or not they would replace those two stars or they would close when they decided to hang up their razor blade and, uh, and, and pastry rollers. But After 46 weeks, they're going to be heading out on January 14th. But in the press release, they actually say that they are going to be extending the show into the spring of 2024 and that the specific extension dates on sale information and, of course, casting will be announced shortly. Grace, you know and I know that there have been some wild rumors about who might come into this production. Everybody from a fairly young comedian to a nineties rapper to two, I would say probably not really appropriate Broadway stars. And that's where I want to start because the m- big rumor going around that I heard from multiple people today was that Sutton Foster would be taking over and Mrs. Levitt and Aaron Tveit would be taking over as Sweeney. Now, There's a lot of problems with both of those, Grace. But before we get into that, have you heard that or am I alone in hearing that?
1: No, no, no. I've heard that as well.
0: Okay. So if Josh and Anna Lee leave on January 14th, presumably Sutton would not come in at that point because she has Once Upon a Mattress from January 24th through the 4th. She could pull double duty for the time up until. Mattress starts, but it seems odd that she would come in for like a week, week and a half and then be gone for two weeks before coming back in. It is possible, I suppose, but unlikely. So it seems weird to me that Sutton Foster would do that. And while there is not really a huge age difference between Josh Groban and Aaron Tevait, I think Aaron Tevait just reads so much younger than he actually is that that would seem very strange to me. If a guy that still looks like he could be playing teenagers is playing Sweeney Todd. They're only, he's only three years younger than Josh Groban, but like those, those are, those, those are, that's an odd rumor to me, Grace. It, I mean, am I missing something? Do you think that there's more something to this or what? I, I, my head's a little spinning here. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills.
1: I don't think that we have had a very clear this person is definitely a person that I first would think of to play this role in that production in general for me. um, I don't, cause I don't see this as being any different than what they've had. I also don't think that Aaron, like I think that we do this weird thing where people have to play teenagers until they play like John Dossett characters, like at, at a certain, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, yeah. I think that like, let him, he's in his thirties, let him be in his thirties and forties. Like I, I, I don't know what else you do, you know, because he can't play teenager because then you run into the whole thing with like the people talked about with um, Jagged Little Pill where they were like, yeah. Lena is too old for this part. But then you would say the same thing if he was cast in this as me. You know what I'm saying? So I think that no matter what, it's a catch 22 of a part because I also felt like Groban was young for it. And I view them as kind of like the same age. So uh, that can play the same age on stage. Yeah, because otherwise... um call our dear friend Tom fucking Sesma, okay? Because Tom Mm. Sesma is Sweeney Todd and I want him back. I need him in the role on Broadway. So I, I don't view this as something totally different. I think that Sutton is adorable and hilarious. And there's also a lot of data that shows that she is one of the top three actors to be requested by broader theatrical audiences that Hmm. are desired to see on Broadway stages. So from a data perspective, she absolutely is somebody who moves and shakes tickets. And I think that that's really brilliant and she's funny and adorable. And I want to hear a pingy, um, Mrs. Lovett. Mm -hmm. Fine. I'm obsessed. So uh, yeah.
0: I I think she makes a little bit more sense in the Anna Lee vein because she is a similar musical theater comedian like Anna Lee is. I don't think they're the exact same type, but they are similar types. I don't think that vocally Aaron lines up with Josh necessarily in the same way. So my hesitation with Sutton is more of the timing because the press release did say it is just extending through the spring. So does that mean like Sutton and Aaron are gonna come in in January or February if Sutton does it after Once Upon a Mattress and then just stay until like, April or maybe to the Tonys and maybe they hope to extend, but like that seems odd that they're coming in for like maybe a three month window. I don't know. I, it it seems odd that there is, there's so much smoke around this. Potentially that means that there is fire and this is actually what it's going to be. It, It just seems like unusual casting for me, both for logistical reasons, especially with Sutton and type both vocal type and like stage visual type uh with Aaron but who knows I literally do not know because this is very strange and Sutton Foster is very different than the other rumored Mrs. Lovetts that we've heard about because those were if we if we think Sutton Foster is a wild uh, guess here the the other options we've had heard rumored about are are even even crazier than that All right so let's go over and talk about some shows that are extending their off-Broadway runs The first one is coming to us from the Classic Stage Company, where they have extended I Can Get It For You Wholesale. The show had been originally scheduled to run through December 3rd. It will now play for two extra weeks, at least, through December 17th. I would imagine that this show will get another extension or two, much like Grace uh, the Assassins did a couple years ago, where it was in this very same window, and it extended, I think, until like the first or second week of January. I would not be surprised, especially after the reviews come out, it opens on October 30th, if this does not become an incredibly hot ticket to get. It already has an incredible cast, Santino Fontana, Judy Kuhn, Julia Lester, Eddie Cooper, Adam Gruper, Greg Hildreth, Rebecca Naomi Jones, Haley Podshun, Sarah Steele, Joy Woods, uh, and Darren Hayes. It's a ridiculous cast. It's a great production. And if you get a chance, make sure you get tickets, because I have a feeling it'll be very, very difficult to do in a matter of weeks when those uh, reviews come out. Then over at Playwrights Horizons, they have announced an extension for the world premiere production, of Stereophonic. That show was originally supposed to play through November 19th and it'll now play through November 26th at the main stage at Playwrights Horizons. This is a new show with music with a script by David Adjmi with songs from Will Butler from the band Arcade Fire. Daniel Aukin uh, is directing. The cast includes Will Brill, Andrew R. Butler, Juliana Canfield, Eli Gebb, Tom Pasinka, Sarah Pigeon, and Chris Stack. This is one that I don't know anything about I don't know much about Arcade Fire, but the cast that's included in this one, Grace, it makes me definitely excited to potentially see it when I'm in town. So hopefully I have a chance to head over to Playwrights Horizons and check this one out. But uh, got to love got to love that cast and uh, all of the cool things happening there. And here is one. So I said I'm coming to New York in November. I thought about making this a trip where I go from Orlando to my hometown of Columbus, Ohio, and then to New York because this crazy announcement came out on Thursday. And in a theater that I have never heard of in a northern suburb of Columbus, Ohio, called Mansfield, Ohio, at the Renaissance Theater, a theater I've never heard of, they have announced that they will have four performances over two weekends of Hello, Dolly! The cast will be led by two-time Tony nominee Jennifer Samard playing Dolly Gallagher Levi and playing Horace Vandergelder Gelder will be Tony nominated composer and three time Emmy award winning composer Jeff Richmond, which is like, what? I, I'm completely beside myself. They're going to have performances on November 11th and 12th and then the 18th and 19th. It just I'm, I'm kind of beside myself, Grace, that those two would head out to Mansfield, Ohio of all places in order to do four performances of Hello, Dolly.
1: When the money's right, the money's right. Who knows? Um, but I think that uh, this is cool, and um, I would see that woman do anything. So there
0: you go. Exactly. And Jen Samard was in the Broadway production of of Hello, Dolly, and then, of course, she was in Mean Girls, which Jeff Richmond wrote the music for. So there's connections to both the show and to, uh, and to Jeff, so it makes sense why those two would do the show together, but just uh, kind of kind of kind of confused and excited about this so i am certainly looking at changing flights to uh, to make this happen. All right Grace, we have a story that i think cannot come over to the US any faster. But starting in February, London's National Theatre is going to try out performances beginning at 6:30 p.m. on Tuesdays and Thursdays. It is a trial that is being done as part of a larger research to try to understand what audiences want and need, especially post-COVID. They're going to be doing things with the, um, you know, which performances have these early times. They're going to be trying to build things around different work schedules and things like that. I think in a day and age when people are working from home, they're not going to the office as much having the opportunity to kind of have an earlier curtain time will make it much more likely that people go. For me, obviously, if they did this in New York, I would go to that and then potentially something afterwards, Uh, especially if it was like an hour and a half show, I would try to run and find something at eight. But I think this is interesting. I think it'll be fascinating. I think It'll be really good to have the data about what that looks like moving forward and how successful it is or is not. Um, But from your experience, Grace, do you think that curtain times play a significant difference in terms of what shows and how many shows and how often people go to see shows, whether it's on Broadway or just in New York in general?
1: Yeah, there was a data survey collected, and I apologize that I can't reference it by name because I don't remember, that said that in the past two years, New York City reservations have backed up an average of an hour and a half. As opposed to scheduling an 8 p.m. dinner, people are scheduling 5.30 dinners and 6.30 dinners and so on because they're just home earlier. People aren't staying out as late as often. So I think it's a huge factor. Um, I also ask you the thing of like, you know, how often do you see six on Monday nights? You love that option. You know, look at a beautiful noise, having um, a 2 p.m. matinee on a Thursday. I think that there's a lot to be said for some of these opportunities, I don't think it works for every single show because there's a lot of pricing and timing confusion for from, a, uh, from an audience standpoint that, you know, in messaging, if people are used to the same old, same old, uh, and that they might not be able to understand the calculation of a 6.30 time, you know, are restaurants even available at 5 p.m., making sure that you can get in, blah, 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 blah. So um, I think it's cool. And I can't wait to see what comes out of this if we're able to see data that tracks that this is actually beneficial. And does it make it so where people can do post-show hangs? Because that's something that I notice all the mm-hmm. time is that there are hardly places that are open past 10 PM for people to actually congregate at that isn't a dive bar, you know, not in Midtown. So um yeah, I'm I'm really fascinated by this choice. And I I'm always interested in new timing opportunities that don't cost the production a whole lot. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be following this for sure.
0: Uh, the last little bit of news here that I want to talk about, Grace, I think you will definitely be following because I think you're going to be involved with both of these things. But yesterday, both Anne Juliet and Back to the Future announced some very cool activities and initiatives that they are going through. Um, do you want me to run through these or do you want to give people the heads up about what these two shows are doing?
1: Well, that depends because I don't know what was actually released today because we've been working (laughs) on so much. So why don't you go ahead and then I will pepper in my knowledge because I'm very excited about one of them in particular. Actually, both of them, um, but I will be at one tomorrow.
0: Yes. So we will talk about I'll I'll talk about the other one first um, and, and then we'll get to the one where I can kind of let you go off. But. And Juliet announced yesterday that to commemorate one year on Broadway, they will have a week of celebrations starting on November 14th and running through November 17th. Just so happens to be when I'm going to be in town. Isn't that great? Um, They will have Broadway's uh, the Broadway productions first ever sing along performance on November 16th. They will have a favorite fan sweepstakes. And uh, many more exclusive activities if you want more information on all of those things, uh, especially on how you can enter the favorite fan sweepstakes, head over to the show notes. But the one grace that I believe that you will be at is the fact that Back to the Future, the musical, will be heading over to NYC Ferry. So tell me what this is all about. And it'll actually be today, on Friday, October 20th, depending on when you're listening this, when we say tomorrow. But actually for on Friday, this is happening. So give me the give me the rundown about this Ferry initiative.
1: Okay, first of all, and not to spoil anything, but you may or may not see people in a Marty McFly vest on the ferry. If you are taking the NYC Ferry, there's gonna be a bunch of different routes that it's gonna take this month. Um, but Matt, if you and and our listeners, Everyone needs to follow the NYC Ferry. Their social media is unhinged and hilarious. So not only are they the like premier ferry line of uh, New York, but they are also like kind of amazing in in what they crank out. It's a full ferry takeover. Like you're gonna see, you know, the some V roll. You're gonna see, you know, activations on the on the tables. It's it's really beautiful. I cannot wait to be on that boat tomorrow today <laughs> as we're as we're you know putting this episode out um, and it's going to be really fantastic so if you are also you know interested in seeing what that looks like they'll be posting it but also i will be posting it on my socials as well because this is an amazing amazing thing that no show from my understanding has ever done if you're familiar with the nyc Ferry, you know that they did a full taylor swift takeover that went viral so the fact that we're getting to do this with back to the future is really exciting
0: all right, so let's. Uh, in a, while that is a feel good recommendation and definitely a recommendation that you should do, I've got a few other things that I want to head out, uh, give you before we head out. First off, the official trailer for Waitress, the musical live on screen, is available. It's really, really wonderful. It really leans into the drama of it uh, as opposed to like the musical fun of it, but it's really, really spectacular. So check that out. And then, in honor of Wicked's 20th anniversary, I, I, I think put out this video with multiple Elphabuzz with Jackie Burns, Alyssa Fox Jenny Denoya and Mary Kate Morrissey singing Defying Gravity together Uh, it's a really fantastic video so uh, check out both of those things in the show notes it's uh, a really good way to wrap up your week All right, everybody, that is all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can follow me pretty much anywhere at Matt. Grace, where can people find you?
1: You can find me at It's Grace Aki, probably on the Back to the Future Ferry.
0: There you go. All right, everybody, have a wonderful Friday, wonderful weekend. We'll be back to talk to you tomorrow.